Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number four. Today, we're talking about classroom management in the music room. We'll also share our New Year's resolutions for the second half of the school year. And finally, in our CODA section, we will give some specific recommendations for our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So Carrie, what's your beverage of choice tonight? Well, Tanya, <laughs> you brought over some lovely hot chocolate. Yeah. And we're enjoying it with some marshmallows in it this time. And no schnapps. No schnapps. No schnapps. Not this time. No. It's a weeknight. It's the first day of the year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. So um, for today's episode, instead of doing our high notes and low notes, since we've been out of the classroom, both of us, for the last couple of weeks, we thought we would do um, a segment of our music teacher resolutions for the second half of the school year. Yeah. And Carrie, you want to go first and tell us your three uh, New Year's resolutions for the music room. Well, sure. So uh, my first New Year's resolution is um, to use the iPads more. I have, I mentioned in our last episode, one of our episodes, that I have uh, a set of iPads in my room. I have enough for every student. Awesome. And um, I just need to have the kids getting them out and using them more often. Um, I especially want to use Seesaw. I know that some people have been talking about that on blogs and such. And I think it'll be a really great way to uh, assess students and have them share their work So you work plan with to primarily, um, I don't know Seesaw, so like a worksheet route, because I know you can do that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'm looking into that. I, I don't know if that's just going to be too cumbersome to make it even worth it. It could make a good, really good center, though. I mean, and it then could. you could be very specific on what they're doing. Yeah, I like the component where they can like post things. So if it's like a composition or something like that, yeah. they can post it and see each other's work and comment on each other's work. I think that's pretty neat. Oh, thing. that would be great. So yeah, once I figure it out, maybe we'll talk about it. In you a can tell me episode. all about it. Yeah. <laughs> we can do a technology episode. But yeah, that's my big one is just to use the iPads more in general and explore Seesaw nice. specifically. Um, my second one is to do more folk dancing. You know, it's something the kids love. It gets them moving. It's It breaks the routine sometimes. With all the testing that's coming down oh, the pipe. Oh, totally. And just the winter blues and blahs and inside recess and all that. So just pulling out some of my folk dancing resources that I have, hiding on my shelves, and just get it moving a little bit more. Nice, I need yes. to. Yeah. And finally, um, I just need to uh, go through my closet, and I need to organize uh, specifically all my little manipulatives. Um, you know, the foam shapes. The erasers. That we, we love our foam. <laughs> foam and erasers. The laminates. Um, yeah, all my little manipulatives. I want to, like, put them in nice little shoebox containers and label, label them, them and have yes. them just so I can grab them on a moment's notice if I think, oh, this would be fun today. Um, not that I don't plan ahead of time, but, you know, sometimes you have those little moments of inspiration. Well, and then you... when you're going through your manipulatives, I don't know if this happens to you, but I'll be, like, doing a little organization, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I forgot I have this. Exactly. This is great to use. Yeah, maybe I'll even, like, do, like, a inventory. I did that once. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, pretty old. I got to re-up it. Yeah, so those are my three. How about you, Tanya? All right. Um, well, 
Well, my number one is to connect with students um, a lot and make sure I'm still building those relationships that I have with students. And I'm very lucky that I get the whole population of my school. And so I see them from first grade all the way to sixth grade. And next year I'll see kindergartners, but we're losing sixth graders. So it's just um, this great opportunity that I have to really get to know these kids over several, several years. And I just want to make sure I maintain these great relationships with kids inside and outside of the classroom. And of course, the more that you connect with students, the, the more buy-in they have in class and the Absolutely. happier they are in class and you are in class. And um, that's just very important. And my second resolution is, goes along with connecting with students um, is I want to make sure I include more opportunities for kids to talk to each other, to reflect on what's going on in the music room. And this idea of, uh, you know, little short little essential questions or sharing and pairing has been around for a long time and mm -hmm. it's been really pushed upon everyone in our district and I know it's been pushed upon everyone all over the place mm -hmm. and um, I'm not resistant to it but I, I don't know about anybody else but sometimes I get a little antsy like oh you know we need to stop talking and yeah. start making more music but I notice that when I deliberately make sure it happens on a consistent basis that the kids are really um tuned in more and they are able to really, I don't know, be more invested in what's going on in the music room. So I want to make sure that I include that in every single class, even if it's just a little tiny bit where they get to reflect with another or a few other kids, either group yeah. or pairing and sharing where they get to reflect and talk to each other about what's going on in the music room. Will you write that into your lesson plans? Yes, you're doing yes, it? I will. That's and what I would have to do. I, and I have to do that. If I don't yeah. do that, it doesn't happen. Um, so, and you know, it's, I, it's not that I, it's built into the routine though. Like if they know who their partner is and right. Yeah. And you often. know what? I, I actually front loaded this at the beginning of the year yeah. because I said, okay, here's your elbow partner. Mm -hmm. And then here's your crosstown bunny buddy. I stole that from uh, an in-service that I went to. Oh, I like that. And uh, so, you know, your elbow partner is somebody who's within your vicinity that you could touch mm -hmm. elbows with. And your crosstown buddy is like, you know, you know that I spent, sent your um, BFF across the room to sit, you know, when we did our assigned seat. So right. here's your chance to go and link your up with that chance. person. You get 30 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> and so they appreciate that too. So uh, that's my second resolution. And then my third resolution is kind of along the lines of your organizing manipulatives, it's to get digitally organized. Yeah. I have a confession. I am still kind of living in, I don't know, the early aughts. I still have stuff that lives on my hard drive. I still have thumb drives that I carry around. Yeah. And I've got a Dropbox account. I've got a couple of Google accounts. I've got um, the iCloud. And um, things are just like Everywhere. Everywhere. And I don't know how other people do it. I'm a little embarrassed. I kind of want somebody to like set me down and say, all right, keep all of this stuff on Google. Keep all of that stuff in Dropbox. And I'm just everywhere. So I just really need to prune some stuff, throw away some stuff for good, organize all of my files and, and know where things. I think I just need like a master spreadsheet maybe. Of course, where does that live? Yeah, then you have to decide. I don't know. What do you do? I mean, is I'm, everybody I'm a, else? I'm a hot mess too. Okay. Me. <laughs> it's it's like, okay. Is it just me? I still have my little pink thumb drive I rely on. Yeah. I don't think I have enough things that are electronic, period. Like all of my 
folk song collection. I want to get electronic. Oh my gosh, and- no, that's not even that's. I'm not anywhere yeah, near that. I'm not even my music. Anywhere. I mean, I still have things on CD that are not anywhere but a CD. Yeah, I have tapes. Yeah, that's what I need well, to figure out. <laughs> so um, yeah, can I tell I'm, you? I I'm just I just did a, a premium Spotify account. Like I'm talking like days ago. Oh, that's yeah. I've not been like a real Spotify person. That that we did. Uh, my husband and I invested in that a while ago because yeah. between the two of us. It's coming handy. Well, sure. that's I, – I still – I like having hard copies of my music. Well, that too. Because yeah. I'm not always where the web is and, like, right. I want to make sure I can listen no, to – No, yeah, you need – well, you don't need both, but maybe you might feel like – I have, <laughs> like, run a whole folk dancing night with parents and family and had things not happen because there's no – Right. Um, Wi-Fi going yeah. on or it's spotty. Oh, that's terrible. That's happened to me. So yeah. I, I like to have hard copies. Well, yeah, so uh, – We both need to get on that organization. Totally. We'll help each other. All right. So, for the new year, we're going to talk about classroom management. Because it's so exciting. It is exciting. Actually, I really enjoy talking about this. This is what I want to do on the first day of the year. Um. Yeah. Is get down with the classroom management. I don't mind. Um, so the idea is, you know, we all just need that fresh start coming back after break. And the, so do the kids. Yeah, I was just going to say the kids have been <laughs> they away super from duper structure, away from school for two to almost three weeks. And yeah, we got to get it yeah, back it on track. It will be three weeks yeah. really, for the, for for the kids, our kids. For our in our district. Yes. So so let's let's hit the ground running. Woo. What are we going to do? Well, classroom management. So we're going to divide this up by lots of little sections and just kind of chime in with our um, best laid plans and then what to do when those don't work, too. Yeah. All right. So um, number one, I think it is very crucial that you start with an awesome lesson plan. Yes. And a tight lesson plan is one where you know what you want to happen. You know what the kids should be doing. Um... And you have everything planned out. Um, when I was first teaching, I would plan out. My lesson plans were a lot more detailed than they are now. Um, kind of, I've been teaching for 21 years. And at this point, I can write up lesson plans and um, hit the ground running. And I'm pretty much, it's like pr- pressing the play button. Because I know if I'm going to do such and such a game, I'm going to introduce it this way. And, and it goes very smoothly. But... There is no shame in really having a detailed lesson plan um, and knowing exactly, well, you should always just know exactly what's going to happen in what order. And it's really important, and there's books written on this, but uh, the structure of your lesson plan really should alternate between high concentration times and relaxation times. Not relaxation where they're lounging around, but like (laughs) that might be a game. Or a dance. dance. It's going to be something that is less uh, intellectually um, challenging for Mm -hmm. them, where they're not having to be really highly focused and come up with um, really, you know, complex responses to what's going on. And like I said, there's been so many, there's been wonderful books. The Susan Brumfield texts are fabulous on that. I will link to them in our Mm -hmm. show notes. Also, the Rita Klinger book book on lesson planning and... um, so there's lots of details on that if you would really want to get into that. But generally, I make sure that anything that I want high concentration 
is going to be kind of near the front end of the lesson. Mm -hmm. Like within the first 10, 15 minutes that they walk in the door because that's when they're going to be more fresh. And uh, I want to make sure I balance that out with some pure joyful singing, moving, playing. And as a general rule, and I know I've said this to, you know, uh, people that I've uh, had as student teachers and students I've had in Kodai level, um, I generally keep to the practice of any lesson plan segment is going to be the number of minutes that corresponds to the age of the average kid in the room. Yes, absolutely. And that's always worked pretty well for me. And it's interesting because I will notice that when I'm trying to stretch it out, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to get to this part. And I hit, say I've got um, mostly seven and eight-year-olds in the room and I get to like minute nine and minute 10, you can just, you take a read on the room and they are so... All the pushing in the world is is not worth it. Not worth it, if yeah. They're not with you. Yeah, so. that pace has to be so. Yeah, quick. pacing is really and important. And even with upper grades, I think sometimes I get into this bad habit where I think, oh well, the older students they can handle it, and yeah. then I, I start to even too long for them, that they need that period of relaxation. Oh, they totally they do. Need to move. And you know what? It's not always apparent with them because they yeah. can be quieter about it and space right. out on you. But they're zoning. They, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and then the other thing that you know if you've been teaching elementary music for any amount of time is that all of these other things will play into how it goes in your room. So, yeah. you know, the first day back from a break is going to be different from, the say, the third day back. Sure. Or the time change. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm not... Um, I don't, I don't buy into every little thing. I'm not saying, oh, there's a full moon. Oh, well, Mercury is in retrograde. I, I'm not that <laughs> far gone. I'm not going to blame everything that happens in my room like on something like that. But time change is a real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do notice that in my yeah. room. Yeah. And coming off of a break or heading into a break, too. My students tend to get a little nervous when we go into a break, yeah. into an extended break, because mm-hmm. they know they're going to – not have a lot of them that structure that they get at school and so I noticed that they start to get really stressed out yeah and they can't verbalize it but you can just tell there's anxiousness and it's not just generally hey I'm excited it's Uh it's well well and let's be honest that a lot of our students that we serve sometimes are not excited about an extended time with with an the the environment that their family is coming from yeah it's, yeah, it might be true. less structured. It might be more stressful. There might be stuff going on at home mm-hmm. that just never lets up. And a lot of kids find refuge in a structured school day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, having a good lesson plan, pacing. And I think that comes just by knowing your kids and knowing your population and just knowing your materials, too. Exactly. Yeah. I know that if I'm stuck teaching a lesson that maybe I didn't prepare as well, I, I, I can feel it right away. And I know that if I am struggling to remember the song, if I'm if I'm doing a song that I'm not as familiar with, if it's something new that I just learned at a workshop, and oh, I want to include this song, but I haven't taken the time to truly study it or oh, learn yeah, it that's as painful. well. That's <laughs> like, oh wait, kids, let me pick up this book. And that doesn't always it. go so well. No, no, no. You really, I feel as music teachers, we have to be so on all the time. Uh huh. And maybe I'm not a classroom teacher, so I shouldn't compare. But I just feel like we don't have that moment where, okay, kids, everyone, you know, silent read for five minutes while yeah. I get my act together. Like, we have to be on yeah. the whole no, time. Yeah, there, no, there's really none of that. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, start with a lesson plan. Make sure you've got something really solid. Um, and if it doesn't work, you know, change it up. Yeah. All right. Now, as far as like specific classroom management things, skills, and um, rules reviewing, like I'm going to be reviewing rules this time next uh, week. Oh, yeah. With all of the kids coming back, we're going to review all of the music class rules, kind of like we did the very first day of school. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in practicing skills. A very wise Kodai instructor, uh, Joe Kirk, told me, Skills are taught, modeled, and practiced. This is true. And this is a uh, mantra I repeat all the time because it's not enough to teach them or model them, but you got to practice them too. And so I do spend a fair amount of time front-loading all of these things with kids. I, at, at the beginning of this year, I practiced attention-getting skills. So uh -huh. um, I do use the class yes um, where you say class, 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 and they have to respond yes, 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 whatever you, however I say class, you respond the same way with mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. But being in music, I always make sure it's a singing thing. So I'll go class, 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 yes, 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 and we'll practice that several times. And, you know, it might initially feel kind of dorky. Sure. But... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I like it. But, you know, that's just one thing. I used to do the African ago, ame, like, are you listening? Are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. And there's a million of them out there. You can go on Pinterest and find oh, lists yeah. of them. Attention like, attention getting. You know, what, yep. what is it? Um, one, two, three. I, one, two. Uh, one, two, eyes on eyes you. On you. One, no. No. <laughs> Wait, one, two, three, eyes on me. One, one two, two, eyes on you. Yeah, yeah I don't use don't, that one. We don't so. use that one very much. No. What's one that you like? Um, I just often do the countdown from five, but I do it non-verbally. Oh, so I just yeah. put my hand up and with my fingers count down. And mm -hmm. that way I save my voice a little bit. That oh, seems to work well. Yeah. Or I'll sing down from five, you know, so uh -huh. mi, re, do, pa, mi. And so that, that works well too. Yeah. I, I've done silent mirroring is also, well, I'll do hand signs mm -hmm. and then, uh, others catch on and then we're all doing these close encounters, silent hand signs, you know. Yeah. I, I do the classic echo clapping too, but I do not start with ta ta, ta, ta. ti ti ta. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> they're over that one. I'm really not a fan of the echo clapping because of the ta ta yeah. ti ti ta. And I, I, actually, I try to include interesting ones. Yeah, no, I, and you know what? <laughs> I've been trying for years and I, I finally kind of gave up, but I've been trying to <laughs> kind of encourage the classroom teachers and the paras to like not clap ta ta, yeah. ta ti ti ta. I'm like, if you clap anything some at other them, rhythms you know, there. but they just always. <laughs> In fact, it's bad to the point that with first graders, when we're doing ta's and tt's, yeah, I always have a couple in the room that all clap I've a rhythm t t ta t t ta, and they'll go ta ta t t ta. No, 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 t t t t ta 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 t t ta. And I kind of have to, yeah, work it out of them, so I don't clap. Yeah, I I do sometimes. In yeah. a pinch. It works. But there's a bazillion of them. And and you can use like three or four and, and they will respond. They're yeah. very Pavlovian if you practice these, these skills. This is true. So um, let's see. Where are we? Oh, so practice not just attention getting skills, but like other things that you might want to do in the room. Like yeah. I talked about pairing and sharing. Mm -hmm. And um, how to get partners. How to get partners. Like, and dances. And if you need to go around the room and say, okay. When we pair and share, mm -hmm. you and Chuck are going to be partners. Mm -hmm. You and Salisbury. Oh, and if that person's not here, then you're going to go to... I mean, it's a little tedious. But it will pay off in the long it run. It will. It will yeah. pay off in the long run. Yeah. I mean, first day back, practice 
give ourselves a few extra minutes to practice lining up at the end of class. Even things that are that basic. Remember, we keep our hands to our side or whatever your your school or classroom expectations are, but practicing it. Right. And you can make it fun. I mean, it's kind sure. of, it, it feels a little bit dorky, but I will say, okay, everybody, we're going to practice that, um, you know, ago, ame. So everyone turn to somebody and talk about what you had for breakfast today and make sure you're really descriptive and even use your hands and yeah. whatever. And then, you know, we'll practice that where they have to respond. Sure. Um, yeah. So that worked well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one thing we need to talk about is how do you review rules when you first come back? Well, yeah, because it can be a little bit dry, um, you know, and depending on on how you created your rules at the beginning of the year. So at the beginning of the year, I have the students in every class kind of, we do like a brainstorming session. Of, uh, our, our school theme is smart because our mascot is dolphins. It's interesting, but nice. it is. Um, do, you have a, so, do you have a school cheer? <laughs> we don't. I think I need to write one or a song. Um, but you know, dolphins are. Oh, I'm thinking are, of whales. I'm sorry. I don't know oh. what sounds dolphins make. They make that little, they make that that little, little clicky, clicky sound. sound. Yeah which I used to be able to do. I'll have to practice it. That'd be a good school podcast. song. Uh, <laughs> no, so our, our little thing is smart, and you, you have one we for have your care. School. Right. So, you know, we talk about each one, you know, safe, motivated, achievers, respectful, and teammates are, oh, nice. are the things. And then they brainstorm. We use, like, a thinking map, which is, like, a big visual visualizer, you know, and they, they brainstorm, how do we show this in music class? So, you know, when we come back, we'll probably do like a think pair share with our partner. Maybe I'll, I'll cover up the posters in the room and right. see if they can do a quick remember. Remember what were the things that we need to do to be safe and motivated and et cetera, et cetera. Are you going to have them write or draw again? In this situation, I'd probably just have them talk. Yeah. And maybe share out one idea for each one. What are you going to do? Um, well, uh, coming off of Thanksgiving break, I did something that worked really well and I'm trying to try to, I'm trying to tweak what I did after Thanksgiving break. Um, I had them in groups of four and I did some color coded index cards. Um, and each kid got one within their group. Each kid had a different colored index card and had a different like guideline or rule to discuss. And it was very specific, like, mm -hmm. how does this look like when we're playing xylophones or, mm -hmm. or whatever. But I also included in there um, one card that was a scenario card mm -hmm. that actually I got from Aileen Miracle's um, set of, oh my gosh, I can't, I, it's, oh, it's, I think it's the beginning of the year rules. Anyway, she's got this fantastic scenario set where she describes a scenario like, Bobby really wants to turn but someone picks Tommy instead. Bobby goes over and kicks Tommy in the knee, you know. Yeah. What could they have done better? But <laughs> yeah. then there's some positive ones sure. in there as well. And so I used um, lots of those scenarios, and each group had one to discuss. Mm -hmm. So this year I was thinking, or this time around, I was thinking of maybe having them act it out for the rest of the class. Yeah. I have done something like that in the past, and uh, I just got to make sure that we're focused and not uh, – we don't spend too much time. We don't get too um, goofy about it. Right. But yeah, they can probably go off. And yeah, you really got to put some one. parameters on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it can be fun, especially for, for the older kids, because the more I let them have that ownership, and mm -hmm. they've been in my room for years and years, they know the expectations. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather them 
sure. you know, spell it out and take that time in their own words to do that. So yeah. that's, and I don't, I don't like doing that for the whole class period because we really, we got to get to moving and grooving and, yeah. and all that. But, but again, if you're doing that just that first day, you come back. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely would spend a good like 15 minutes sure. on it though. Yeah. And that's something they'll remember and they'll, they'll think it's fun. My school is really big on the restorative justice oh, piece. Yeah. And so doing um, classroom circles, proactive circles, where we just pass a talking piece around. And so it could be something as simple as, you know, what's one way we can be teammates when we're playing this game that we're about to play or whatever. And just to give them that opportunity to actually say something and speak. Now, when you do the restorative circles, because I know a little bit about it Uh and I've participated a little bit, is every kid required to say something? They're not required. They can pass. Okay. And some do. And then after you've gone all the way around, you can give them the opportunity to speak if they pass Uh and if they still say no. And some will just because they either don't want to speak on that particular topic or they're painfully shy or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So, yeah, they're not required. You want to make it be a safe space. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but it works well. And I think there are some kids who I'm surprised at how much they do say when they're in that that safe space. And there's there's some parameters around, you know, how you do circles that you set up before you start. You know, what you say in the circle stays in the circle kind of a thing and, um, you know, speak your truth and all that. Right. And if because they're so familiar with it, because they do it in their classroom, I mean, almost every teacher in my school, I think, does a circle every single day oh, wow. to start their day. Oh, wow. So they're very familiar with circles. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I don't do them very often. And if I do them, I do them in, like, more of a musical way, you know, like the categories game or something like that where, where they, they're doing something, but instead of just saying it, they're chanting it or singing it or whatever. Uh-huh. I, I find that's my way of interpreting circles but once in a while if I feel like a class is just not gelling well or so something's not sitting right either something that happened in class previous or if I'm trying to front load something doing an actual circle where we just sit and talk it's helpful nice yeah we should put a link to some restorative justice uh yeah Um, I'll find some resources yeah Um, yeah I'm sure I have some yeah I really like electronic files that I need to organize (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's some stuff online, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, the ones I've taken part in and the ones I've seen done, I really like the idea of having something in the middle of the circle mm-hmm. where they direct their... Something they focus on. Yes. Yeah. Because um, I was part of one that was about um, race relations, and it was oh, like a PD yeah. thing, and it was... It intense. was pretty intense, and so that was really nice that... Okay, you're not talking to you're not looking about looking anyone in the eye. You're talking yeah. to this bowl in the center of the circle, right. type of idea. And I think a lot of people were able to do it because of that. But yeah. I need to know more about that. But yeah, that's great that everybody does it so often in your school. Yeah, I mean it's it's still it's only our second year of really implementing it, and you know some more than others, and you know it's always a learning curve. But the foundation is there, and a lot of our kids have responded well to it. Nice. Yeah. Well, we should go on to rewards to motivate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what kind of things that we might do in class. And so tell us about sure. your long-term reward system that you do. Oh, so I do um, a choice day system. I know a lot of teachers do different varieties of this. So I have a, a sticker chart that's right by my door. And so on the way out, you know, I, I have the class either tell me or I tell them, or it's a combination of both of, did we earn our sticker today? And we earn our sticker as a class, if the majority of us were being smart, you know, using our smart expectations. And, you know, you have to be careful about whole class versus individual students because, you know, sometimes that can go 
poorly if you have just one kid or two kids who really tend to sabotage it. Um, But I tend to really just focus on the majority. If the majority of us did well, and as a class, we we got through our learning targets, then they get our sticker for the day. And after five, they earned a choice day. And a choice day is a very musical day. Yeah. (laughs) So I put up a list and I just, I keep an ongoing file, a smart board file of all the singing games that they've learned that year. And so then on their choice day, I put up the singing games. And then um, we have Class Dojo, which I'm going to talk about in a little minute. But with Class Dojo, I'm able to do like a random student selector thing. There's lots of different ways you can do that. But I just hit the random student selector and it picks a name and then that kid gets to choose the game. Yeah. So it's not a voting thing because that takes forever. Yeah. I I kind of do the voting thing because it takes forever. So. Well, that's true. Um, I I like the random student selector because they know that it's fair. Yeah. They know that, you know, I'm not playing favorites and it's, you know. I use the one on Idokio a lot. Yeah. That works too. So, yeah. So then we end up playing, I would say, in a 45 minute class, of course, depending on the games and the kids an average of you know five four to five oh, to six good. games depending on what it is when i do a free day uh free choice day we usually only get to three or four but that's because i do voting. have them vote yeah and i have them come up with the games and the songs yeah. i don't like show them everything oh. we've ever done i'm i want to hear what they really want to sing yeah or really want to play i keep the list going just because i it helps me oh no that's great because then you could just pull it up and highlight the ones they want and once in a while i'll put a mystery game on there so like it's it's a game that um they haven't learned yet but like i know is kind of becoming so like for example if i know that i'm gonna be you know preparing tika tika next week we might throw in pawpaw patch or something oh. that i'm gonna be using so it's kind of a sneaky do way they ever vote on that one they do because they <gasps> wow. get excited about the mystery game or i'll put seasonal things so like at halloween when they earned their choice day i had witch witch on there and oh some gosh of i'll have games. i'll have sixth graders playing witch witch in february yeah I, I, I used to well again my closet's not organized i used the excuse <laughs> of the witch hat is not readily available, so we're not going to play witch witch or the clocks or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, I just throw up some I'm sticky notes and we're, do- we're doing it. <laughs> and that's, I, yeah. They do. that. That's funny when they ask for the seasonal things. I've season. had sixth graders play um, Snail Snail. Oh, yeah. With the parachute. I used my old parachute that's already kind of, you know, it, it's a little so sad already. So you do have games from previous grade yeah levels. it's all open oh, so see, it's fascinating I do that with my my sixth graders or whatever my oldest grade is that's always their very last day that they ever have with me is let's go down I call it the trip down memory lane so we talk about our favorite game I think because I teach at schools that have very high mobility rates uh-huh. it's hard for me to do that on a regular basis oh yeah because if they're choosing a game that Half of them well, you got to be careful because I'll tell you, not just a trip down memory lane, but a trip to the clinic happened oh, for me yikes. a couple of years ago because I had sixth graders. We, we got to go outside. It was like the last week of school. They had a choice day. They wanted to play Cut the Cake. Oh, yeah. That one's And scary. they bashed into, even though I put in, when they race around the circle, I put in that when you meet the other person halfway, you've got to stop and shake yeah. their hand and say, good morning, good afternoon, good night. That's from and then Ms. Keep Joe up. as well, That's from Ms. Joe as thank well. Thank you, Ms. Joe. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and um, still, 
they instead of like bashed. meeting halfway, they bashed and this kid's forehead and this other kid's mouth blood. Oh, sixth graders. Yikes. Yeah. So, Ow. you know, I'm you just thankful we were outside. I'm yeah. like, what would have happened if we were inside? We would have been like sliding into a xylophone additionally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So the tri-state thing, <laughs> other than injury, works really well for right. motivation. Um, you know, because they do. They get mad. Like, you know what? I just don't think I can give you your sticker today, and here's why. They're like, oh, you know. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll ask them, do you think as a class we earn our sticker? <laughs> no. They're typically more hard on themselves than I am on them, too. Yeah. I've done um, blind voting, too. Like, yeah. okay, close your eyes if you think that you earned it, thumbs up. And yeah. if you didn't, thumbs down. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, really, right now, I'm just doing the star chart with the sixth graders. Mm-hmm. And with the other kids, I kind of have a more immediate thing uh, where I have a three beats on the board. Uh, and they're just these, the three, the dandy hearts, the magnetic, uh-huh. you know, hearts on my whiteboard that are up. And when the class walks in, you have three beats. The only reason that we would lose them is if we're having trouble being respectful, following the music class rules. If we have three beats on the board, when there's five minutes left of class, then we get to play either this game or that game and mm-hmm. we'll vote on it. And I just picked two of their favorite games that we've yeah. been doing. So it's something that we would, probably would have done anyway. The tricky part in that is that I got to make sure that I wrap it up and have closure have before we get to yeah. that po- point. So that can be a little bit um, stressful for me. But right. as long as I'm on top of it, that usually works well. So if they have those three beats, then they get that reward within that same class period. And I find with the younger kids, that tends to work a little bit better because they are not, they, they seem to have more trouble working towards that long term goal. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I like that immediate gratification yeah so yeah the other thing i mentioned class dojo earlier our our school in addition to being on restorative justice we're also doing class dojo school-wide which i absolutely love and i'm so thankful that as a school we're doing this so i'm not going to get into all the technicalities of class dojo if you don't know about it you can look it up we'll put put a a link we'll put a link to class dojo but basically um every every student it's a way of tracking points so they can earn positive points for for certain things and they can also have negative points where it takes it away or just neutral feedback um but what's fabulous about doing it school-wide is that the classroom teachers created the lists and they they linked me to their their class list so I didn't have to sit there and type in all that the names. would really be the only way to do it yeah. oh my gosh I can't imagine doing it from scratch myself I mean I, now that I'm familiar with class dojo and I love it so much maybe but um it's really fabulous and um that way when the kids are in my class I have my phone or my iPad or whatever and I can just oh I really like the way this student is singing I actually added a category to every single class I asked the teacher if it would be okay and I added a category for excellent singing in music class oh nice and so I can give points for good singing or just for the general things like good teamwork and kindness and those kind of things and then the thing that's really fabulous is you get parents connected to it and so they have the app and they're getting notifications when their kids get points or Mm -hmm lose points as a parent I know about all that yeah <laughs> and um I some I've had a parent 
like immediately write me a message because I took away points from their kiddo for something and I, ah. I and it wasn't they were mad at me they just wanted to know what the situation was and it's probably fresh enough in your mind that you <laughs> can tell like, them oh I can tell you exactly what happened so um the other really great thing about class dojo that I love you know it's kind of Facebook-esque where there's like a, a place where you can post pictures and videos but only the parents who are signed up can see it so I just I love that I can take a quick video of the kids doing a singing game or a dance or doing work or working with manipulative and it something. just goes to the parents it just goes to the parents of of that class or you can do an individual one if it's just a picture of one individual kid doing something oh cool and I just I love that that communication piece because you know we're not like the art teacher who gets to send home a piece of art it's harder with music other than programs, it's hard for parents to see what we're doing. Yeah. And even sometimes programs aren't well, necessarily Well, if, if you can't get them in the door for exactly. the program. Exactly. And I have had more meaningful conversations through Class Dojo than I have in 16 years of teaching wow. in this one year. So I highly recommend you look into it. If your school is doing Class Dojo, definitely get um, linked up. To the, to the classroom teachers because it's such a great tool. Yeah. Um, and if your school is not doing it, maybe be on the committee to get it going because it's fabulous. Oh, school-wide, I can't imagine it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and while we're on the subject of, like, systems and things, I wanted to mention a book that's come up a lot, and, and I, it's one that I read, and actually it's one that my whole team, uh, me and the art teacher and the PE teacher, have all read. Uh, called Classroom Management for Art, Music, and PE Teachers. And it's by uh, Michael um, Lyssen, L-I-S-E-N, I believe. Okay. Anyway, I'll put a link to it. Um, and it's this teacher. He has a website and a newsletter. He has a, he has a few books, but Dream Class, I think, was his first one. And it's all about school discipline and classroom management and um, that kind of thing. But he became a PE teacher after being a classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice to see a book on classroom management that is specific to art, music, and PE. And he's got some really excellent ideas and systems. And it's just a really, it's a really quick read. I think I got it for free on my, on the Kindle um, app, but you'd have to look into that. So that is an excellent book. Um, So is The First Days of School by Harry Wong. And that's one that I read like right when I was starting my teaching career. And it's so, I mean, it's, it is, it's great for beginning, beginning teachers, but it's, it's also fantastic as a, like a refresher. Oh yeah. I, I so make myself reread it every once in a while, just thumb through it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about when things don't go the way you want them to go. <laughs> the consequences <laughs> part. It happens. It happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was talking about my three beats on the board. Yeah. And if I they... do I like a, for individual students, a very just simple three strikes and you're out. And that's something that I at my old school, the PE teacher did. Obviously, it's very PE-esque. But, yeah. Um, but our teacher and I, we all got on board with it. And it was kind of nice to have that that same language between all the specialist teachers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, three, a strike is just a redirection. And I always tell the kids, don't freak out. If I give you strike one, it just means change your behavior yeah if you get strike two you know I'm really meaning business and strike three you're out and it doesn't mean you're out forever it's just maybe like a five minute break so I have like a calming corner in my room yeah just a place where they can go and just sit and uh 
just be bored for a minute. I yes. kind of want them to, to feel that, oh, yeah, I'd much rather be participating because what I'm doing here isn't so fun. Yeah, well, that's a hard one. It depends on the kid because yeah. I actually have gotten away from the kids sitting out doing nothing because sometimes you have kids that want to be doing nothing. Right. And well, then yeah. sometimes you have kids that want to sit out and try to distract others. Mm-hmm. So I've done a couple of different things to combat that kind of attitude. Um, I have some tracing papers, which are not too fun, but um, don't need any prior knowledge of anything where they're tracing rhythms. And um, I, I just say, by the time you're done with this four pages of tracing rhythms, well, you'll be ready to come back and we'll be ready for you to come back. And right. um, when a kid is really uh, upset or angry, that doesn't always do the trick. Um, right. I do also, this year I started using what I call mindful bottles. And they are bottles with glitter and glycerin and um, glue. And uh, they're very calming. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing um, some really intentional mindfulness in my room that I'll talk more about on another episode. Uh, but when now, do you have students who kind of force themselves to get in the situation where they need to use the bottle because the bottle is fun and exciting? Well, okay. No, because, <laughs> yeah, I, I know where you're going with that because when I first introduced them, the kids were mesmerized by these mindful bottles. And I made a few of them in their yeah. different colors and stuff. And here is what I've done. And I've done it twice. I've done stations where oh, I have it as a station. Yes. Yeah. And I know it's kind of silly because I think to myself, oh, my gosh, this is a station. What What if my principal walks in and sees that one of our station is is kids like, you know, staring at glitter box bottles. Uh-huh. And um, I don't care because, you know, it. You have your reasons. I have my reasons. <laughs> and if three or four minutes of them experimenting with this glitter bottle is a calming thing for them that happens twice a year in my music room, that's fine with me. Uh, and if a kid is getting out just to stare at a glitter bottle, they must really need it. Yeah. And I, at the beginning of the year, uh, when I had kids all agog about the glitter bottles, I invited them to come in during recess and a few of them took me up on it. Oh, okay. And so I was trying to like get, so I, I did come out and say, you know, don't get sit, sat out to stare at the glitter bottle. Right. If you really want to look at the glitter bottle, please come by during your lunch recess, come yeah. by right after school. If you happen to be in the after school program and you may look at my glitter bottle. Absolutely. Um, so, so it yeah. hasn't been a problem. It has not been a problem, and and I don't use it. It really depends on the situation and depends on the kid. If I have a kid, an individual who is really trying to sabotage a class, then the glitter bottle is not going to stop them, which is why I want to bring up the buddy room. The buddy room, yes. Yes, Um, which sometimes is necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, My buddy room is across the hallway, and it's um, the art teacher who Mm -hmm. actually happens to be my husband, so that works out well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so if I have someone who really just can't handle being in the room because they're just going to sabotage no matter where they are, and I've had that. I've had kids who, if they're sitting by the wall, they're banging the head, their head against the wall, uh-huh. or they'll, you know, make sounds or um, you know, kind of extreme stuff. Sure. 
And then if you send them to another room. So I've erased that button for some of them. For some of them. Yeah. Yeah. But then we need to talk about, you know, the kids that um, won't leave the room. Right. And these things happen. They and do. this is not when I first started teaching. I remember think remember thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll just get lucky and no one will act out. If you're going to teach for any amount of time, these things are going to happen. It's going to happen. Someone's going to throw up at some point in your career. Someone might faint. You know, you're going to have some extreme discipline things going on yeah. that you're going to have to deal with, and it's just better to have a plan ahead of time. And it's happened where I've had a kid who is you know, very agitated or upset or whatever is going on in their world that they will not leave the room Mm -hmm. and they will not um, calm Calm down. (laughs) And so you've got to be prepared to leave the room with the class. And I've done that. Yeah, Um, I have as well. Because when it always seems to happen when the principal is not there for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know, at a meeting and then you're buddy room teacher has a sub that day Mm because that's just how it goes and like the classroom teacher well you don't want to bother them or they're not around or maybe they're just not answering their phone I don't know right um not that I call in on classroom teachers a lot to deal with things at all but uh sometimes you just need backup yeah sometimes you need backup and sometimes your backup's not there so I have had a whole class follow me down the hall towards the library you know and we've like just sat down in the big area of the hallway and I I grab a book on the way out and I'm singing a book to them. Yep. And meanwhile, I have someone go and tell someone in the office that um, a friend media, of ours assistance. needs immediate assistance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want anything to get broken, but uh, it's better that a xylophone gets the anger taken out on them than, than a child. Than a child so. Yeah, absolutely. I've had to do that as well. And you're right. It's just having that mindset that it, it will happen at some point, and when it does, it's not you. It's not your classroom environment. It's, it's There's something going on with that kiddo yeah. that's way beyond our control. Yes. And so we just need to keep them safe and keep everybody else safe, and life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is something that my, my husband, who's the art teacher, always talks about, you know, when it's that bad, don't try to touch the, the child. Right. Don't try to get in there and... And he, yeah. as a male elementary school teacher, is, is really sensitive to that. Sure. Um, and he's very hyper aware of, you know, you really need to, you need to get help. You know, yeah. we're, we're not making the big administrative bucks right. <laughs> to deal with, right. with that kind of thing. But other yeah. people are, and, and they should be pulled in for these situations. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exciting uh, to talk about. <laughs> well, but let's come up with maybe a couple other ideas of just, you know, you're teaching class and, you know, it's just not going well. Right. Class-wise. Class-wise. Yes. And it's not that, you know, someone's freaking out, but the kids are just not engaged. It's one of those kind of squirrely kind of crazy days. So just some things that you do to, what do you do to switch gears when you just need when, yeah. a change of pace? When it's just, yeah. When things are not, not going, going well. well, I can change on a dime. Yeah. And um, just if you can quickly think of, oh, you know what? I know this class or this grade particularly likes um, rabbit and the possum. Yeah. I'm going to say, oh, you know what? It's really important right now that we all come back together. And do you remember rabbit and the possum going up the hill? We're going to play rabbit and the possum. Yeah. Would you please make a circle with me? Right. 
or if you've been doing a dance that you can revisit. Of course, yeah. if they're, it really depends on what kind of out of control is going on. Right. Sometimes they might need a more quiet, right. focused and, listening yeah. activity or something where they are sitting and calming. Right. And I've done that as well where, hey, everyone, find your spot. I have a piece of music to play for you. Yes. We're going to lie down. Or mm-hmm. maybe lying down doesn't work. Right. Maybe we just, we're going to close our eyes. And here is your job while we're listening, you know, and give them something to look for. Yeah. Or I always go back to my go-to, make a movie in your head Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. what kind of thing would be happening that this music is accompanying. Right. Yeah. Or some sort of calming manipulative, like scarves or, you know, Mm -hmm. something that if you've used them enough that they're familiar with with how to use them sometimes giving them a manipulative something in their hands yeah they focus their energy yes. on that. i haven't done that my I, scarves again, you yeah. have to know the kids uh-huh. and know what kind of reset button they and need. know where those scarves are <laughs> well yeah they should be organized in yes. your manipulatives area but exactly yeah just having having some what do we call them tricks in your bag yeah just some <laughs> some goes to go to yeah, go to's that you can just grab and and go yeah so and you know i I haven't done this, but I've often thought about suggesting this to student teachers. If you make a list, even just the act of making that list of like, all right, here are some things that I know really well that I could do with a second grade class, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 Um, just in case, because I've known student teachers who will plan and they still have more time at the end of their lesson. Uh, That happens to me sometimes, occasionally. Yeah. Or usually I don't get through everything. This particular thing's not going and I need to switch gears. Yeah. Just the act of making the list. And if you need to print out the list and have it nearby, I think that's totally acceptable too. Yep. Yep. So now we've reached our coda. We now will talk about a personal or professional something that we've been enjoying. Carrie, you're up. Tell us something that you have been into lately that you want to share. So um, mine is kind of a combination of personal and professional. Nice. Um, we bought our two kiddos uh, ukuleles for Christmas. Yay. We got them Makala ukuleles. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And um, so I'm pretty jazzed because um, we I did, don't have a ukulele, so I bought them ukuleles, and then I like to play with it. And the now, what that, size are they? Are the it's a, it's a soprano. It's a soprano. Yeah, I'm I'm not very smart about the ukuleles. I'm pretty sure it's a soprano one, yeah. and they come in fun colors. So you yeah, know, they're my, lovely. My daughter has a pink one with a dolphin, and my son has a blue one with a shark, and um, they're None pretty excited about it. So. The coolest thing about it, I found, was the app that they recommended. It's um, the Kala Ukulele app, and it's just a free app. But it's got um, a tuner on it, and it's got shows you how to play the chords. And then it's got this little karaoke function where it's got songs, and then you strum along, and it shows you where to strum. It's like Jamie Abersall for ukulele. Yeah, it's really exciting. Like anybody knows who that is, but um, I'm dating myself. Well, there you go. <laughs> We said we were old school earlier. So um, it, it was really fun. And so my, my daughter's five. So we showed her one chord. And so she was able to play a C chord and just strum a C chord. But my son was actually getting some chord changes. He's eight. And so, um, yeah. So are you all set to get a classroom set and go to town? I don't think 
I'm quite ready to go there. Yeah. I mean, I have some guitars in my classroom that I'm attempting to use more, but um, no, it's really more personal for me just to add another instrument to my list of instruments well, to just have any, fun with. Anything you can have... strum and, and exactly. sing at the same time. And, you know, I kind of like that cheesy, you know, Von Trapp family thing where we sit around and play music together. So. Oh, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about the ukuleles Very in our nice. house right now. How awesome. Yeah. How about you, Tanya? All right. Well, I'm going to go totally personal. Well, okay. I mean, you know, within reason. Um, <laughs> not too personal. <laughs> not too personal. Uh, I got a lot of books for Christmas. Yay. Which is always fantastic. But I've been listening to this podcast for not too long, just a couple of months, um, called Note to Self by Manoush Zamrati. And she just does this podcast. And on the podcast, it's kind of about... Um, this age of technology and being human, but being someone in the you know 21st century using technology and balancing the two. And it's been a fascinating podcast. But then she also wrote a book called Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock Your Most po- Productive and Creative Self, hmm. which I thought was really intriguing. And uh, actually, I heard about it through another podcast that I listened to. Um, but this book, Bored and Brilliant, which I've just barely started, it, she kind of takes you through this experiment of disconnecting in order to like reconnect with your creativity and okay. um, being a classic Generation X person, I kind of have this love hate relationship with technology. Like I'm on board, but sometimes I kind of feel like um, you know a craggy old person going, "Well, when I was in college, mm-hmm. we didn't even have email." You know, I just right. I'm still kind of trying to bridge that gap of of being all in, but still being connected to like the analog world. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just like a healthy skeptic. Um, so anyway, it's just been really interesting, this whole idea of disconnecting in order to like reach your full potential with being creative. And, um, I, I'm really enjoying it and I'm uh, going to try some of these experiments to disconnect. So I will put a link to the show notes with that book, for that book and also for the podcast. Love it. All right. We have reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. Our next episode will be all about concerts, programs, mini-musicals, and informances that will drop in about two weeks. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.